Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Sam. And I'm Caitlin. This week I'm going to talk about what was nicknamed the House of Blood Murders. So Caitlin, does this ring any bells? Not that I really gave anything away. Yeah, on that really descriptive description, it doesn't surprisingly ring any bells. That makes sense, that makes sense. There are names to go with it, so I will oh, start good. the story. Um, yeah, and you might know it. I, personally, I did Okay. I, I found it just, you know, when you're going online and putting in murders and then your Google search just looks very suspicious. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm scared if anyone ever checked my laptop. There's yeah. like death near me and then they mention like <laughs> something in it like, oh, and this is how they hid the body. And I'm like, is this a good way to hide a body? Then I'm like, oh no, I really can't <laughs> yeah, search exactly. that. Is this the best way to hide a body in Edinburgh? <laughs> in the canal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, I'll begin. Okay, yeah. This horrific crime took place on the 16th or 17th of October. So it was kind of, you know, the night of the 16th, but early morning, 17th of October, 2004. And the main character, shall we call her that, um, of these murders was 36-year-old Edith McAllendon. Now, I do apologise if I'm pronouncing her surname wrong. It's M-C-A-L-I-N-D-E-N. So I read McAllendon. When I Google how to pronounce things, it says it differently. Now, to the point. Yeah, I would say that's, yeah, I would just say that's how I would pronounce it, so. Mm -hmm. Now, Edith was born in 1968, Glasgow. She was a convicted thief. She was a sex worker and she was a homeless drifter. So she wasn't, you know, brought up in royalty. She was just, I don't think she had a great start in life. Now, on the 16th of October... 2004, Edith had finished serving her nine-month sentence in jail for serious assault. So once she got out, she went to visit her boyfriend, David Gillespie, who was 42. He lived on a top-floor flat on Dixon Avenue in Cross Hill, Glasgow. Now, David shares this flat with 71-year-old Anthony Coyle and the landlord, 67-year-old Ian Mitchell, who Edith referred to as Pops. So they all can I ask you yeah, how old was the how old was the boyfriend? Sorry, David was forty two. Okay, cool. Sorry, so, I wasn't sorry. I maybe misheard you because that's why I thought he was maybe a lot younger, and I was like, that's a bit of a bizarre setup. But okay. Uh huh. No, so he was living with much older men, and I'm guessing, but they all knew each other, as in they all got on well. So it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Okay, now, that's okay then. which I was also confused that the landlord was there as well because I was like, oh. Sometimes that's there. the thing, though. Living yeah. landlords, so like they'll just like own a flat, and then they just have like two spare rooms or whatever. So they just like rent them out. Just if I ever become homeless, that's what you'll do. Yeah, yeah, I'll charge you a fortune. But no, I'm Good. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, anyway, they were having a drinking session, obviously, because she's just out of prison, and they're all <laughs> meeting up and of catching course. up. And an argument erupted between Edith and her boyfriend David. Okay. Now, this argument went on and it spurred Edith into stabbing a knife in David's oh. thighs repeatedly, severing a pheromonal vein in one thigh that caused him to bleed to death. Oh. Now, yeah. Now, 
Edith obviously began to panic about what she'd just done, mm-hmm. as anyone would do. And remember, this is and really Googled drinking fueled how to get rid of a <laughs> <for> body. <laughs> no, sorry. No, she did not do this. She well, actually called her 17-year-old son, John, for help. Oh. Now, John arrived with his 16-year-old friend, Jamie Gray, by taxi, that Edith also persuaded Ian, the 67-year-old landlord, to pay for, as Ian then mistakenly believed that, oh, her son and his friend have come to actually help David. So yeah, I'll pay for the taxi that no so one can afford. did the landlord know this was all going down in his house? Yes, so they were all in the same room. just didn't realise David was dead. Maybe, yeah, I'm guessing that it was like, holy shit, what's happened here? We need okay. help. Okay. So she's called her sons and things, and I don't know why none of them decided to call a paramedic. But, you know, I guess you don't know until you're in those situations. Right, yeah, okay. Yes. Now, when John realised Ian was a witness, so John is her son, he fatally stabbed him and kicked his head in repeatedly which caused his brain to bleed heavily. Pardon? Yes. So Ian, he was obviously a witness from what his mum just did. And he was like, oh, I'm not having this. You're going to die. Now, Anthony... Anthony, the 71-year-old, he escaped to his bedroom where he locked himself in. And you think, right, this is great. No, no. John and Jamie used a drill to remove the door locks and force their way into the bedroom. This is like the start of a horror film. Now, Jamie chased and beat Anthony to death with a golf club. Wow, okay. Yeah. So this was like a definite, like, no one's getting away after seeing this. Yeah. Which, without me sounding like a killer, it makes sense because, like, nowhere they just would keep quiet about it. But, like, oh, God. Right, okay. Yeah, you could have done it maybe a better way. Like you know, yeah, like not killed or maybe even like a wee threat or something, but yeah, to just uh-huh. decide like oh, then and there before calling an ambulance, we have to kill these people. Exactly. Now, two hours later, at approximately three a.m., Edith went to the neighbour, James Sweeney's house, and claimed that something had happened to Ian Mitchell's flat. So she begged him to check. So James Sweeney went to the flat. And once he saw the state of the hallway, he phoned 999, which is the police in the UK, on his mobile phone. He later revealed to local reporters that walls and floors were covered with blood, which quickly earned the killings nickname House of Blood Murders. Because there was blood everywhere, if you can imagine it. Now, Yeah, like I can't imagine that was just like little splatters. I can feel like that blood must have just been flung. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, these people were beaten to death. This is like one of those awful horror films on Netflix, you know. Not to name any, because that would be mean. No. When the but police... yeah, I know exactly what you mean, just like unnecessary stabbing every two minutes, and you're like, oh, but I didn't realise this happened in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when the police and paramedics arrived, they found Edith alone and clinging to David's body, screaming at him to wake up. So obviously, you know, you've got to put a show on. Edith was formally charged the next day. So that was Monday the 18th of October at Glasgow Sheriff Court for the murders. During the investigation, the police speculated that she didn't act alone and that there were two or three strong men involved because, according to a police record during the trial, there was so much blood in the flat, it was impossible to be precise about the details of the violence. 
Human tissue and pieces of skull and brain were stuck to the floor and curtains. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, that is, like, especially with... Did you say the weapon was just a knife? So, this first weapon was just a knife, you know, the very beginning of it yeah, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then there was more, which there is a list of them, which I'll give you okay, in a that's second. Okay, sorry. Now, two weeks later... Homeless unit resident Brian Gallagher visited the police station to file a claim that his fellow resident, John, which was Edith's son, so he was also, you know, kind of in and out of being homeless and things. He didn't also, he wasn't brought up great, was he? But he Well, had, of course, if his mum was in prison. Yeah, in prison, sex worker, thief, homeless, just she wasn't like the best role model in the way. Anyway, and obviously she would have had him quite young as well. So, you know, you've got all those yeah, yeah, yeah. factors up against her. But Brian Gallagher told the police that John had boasted about the murders the night before. So John and Jamie Gray were arrested and formally charged. Now, it's all kind of going quite quickly, but we're now moving on to 2005. So in May 2005, okay. Edith and John McAllendon and Jamie Gray appeared at Glasgow High Court. They all denied murdering Ian Mitchell, Anthony Coyle and David Gillespie. During the trial, prosecutor Sean Murphy QC claimed that the victims had been beaten with knives, metal files, a belt and pieces of wood and hit with a bottle, punched, stabbed and stamped on the head and had boiling water poured over them. Now, it was said that David had boiling water over his head because maybe it was their way to make sure he was dead. You know, he Yeah, was... that's why I was like, that's not even just like murdering somebody. That's like a type of like torture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just, this is crazy. Now, the defendants changed their pleas during the trial because they were all getting charged for all three murders. And, you know, that's obviously going to be life imprisonment, albeit it's in the UK so it's not going to be life life but they changed their pleas so John McAllendon admitted he killed Ian Mitchell Jamie Gray admitted killing Anthony Coyle and Edith McAllendon admitted killing David Gillespie so they all took a pair so they're just kind of saying sorry that they killed like a body each yeah yeah so that means that all three of them can't just get charged for all three murders or just one of them can't get charged and two accomplices, you know? So it's all, clearly the lawyers are obviously saying smart things to them to get their sentences reduced. Now, on the 29th of June, 2005, Edith was sentenced to life imprisonment with an understanding that she's expected to serve in prison until at least 2018. John McAllendon... And And that was in 2005? Yes, that was 2005. So she got 13 years life, like as in, you know, 13 years minimum life imprisonment for killing, brutally killing these people. And John McAllen and Jamie Gray were each given a minimum tariff of 12 years. So welcome to the UK, everyone. Oh, 12. Yeah, where that's life imprisonment. Now, I did read some things that when Edith wasn't well liked to the prison, she kind of, you know, she went in to be like the big 
the big guy on the place, but everyone was mortified, or not mortified, because, you know, she was in there with murderers, etc. But it was, you know how in prison there's kind of a ranking system where, like, if they don't agree with what you did, even though they could have done worse, it, it's not going to work oh, out yeah, well for like you. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time with, like, child killers. Uh-huh. Like, child killers. Like, do you remember, um, oh, what episode was that? Teresa Riggi. Yes. Do you remember yes. she went into prison and even though she kept to herself, the fact that she had, like, killed kids was just, like, that was just, like, despicable, even though these people had killed. So she just didn't stand a chance. And yeah. that'll obviously be the same with her, the fact that, like, they're just not too happy with the crime she committed. So it's just like, no, we're going to hate you. Yeah, and they hated her. But I guess as well that she had been in and out of prison her whole life. So she kind of, she was acting the big... The big gal being like, oh, what? I've been in prison and all this stuff. And then absolutely, they've just been like, nope. Yeah, they're like, no, no, we know exactly what you did. Because word spreads like wildfire, especially when it's like tortured and the types of murder. And probably as well, though, just to like button. Because the UK, like, judicial system's so rogue, there's people that probably in there done less, but were given more time. Oh yeah, and that's probably like even though, like what she did, she wasn't like it's not her fault in a way that she got charged so little. Like that's actually nothing to do with her. Like the judge makes that choice. But imagine you were in there for like, you know, assault or something, and you were actually serving the same, if not more, than her, who's like tortured and killed three people. You're going to be like mighty pissed, and you're not going to want to be her pal at all. So I see why like it is difficult, even though that's not her fault. Mm-hmm. But, no, yeah, I agree with you there. Like I'd be totally. pissed off at that. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I'd, I would not be the big guy in jail. I'd be like, oh no, no, no. Anyway, oh my god, point. yeah, like you would honestly. Um, I always think about this, and like I feel like if you were in prison, and like you were a character in Orange Is the New Black, I always <laughs> think you'd be that yoga to the one that does yoga. Oh god, no, <laughs> Yoga Jones, who just like keeps to herself, has like managed to like sweet talk her own room, and then just like every day is just like hiding. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd be red. Let's be real. Fair. Or you'd be I'm... one of the main characters or something. Fair. Yeah, I'd be red. <laughs> anyway, to the actual point of the story. Now, Edith, she was due to be released in 2018. And I've Googled and Googled and Googled and I can't find anything else about her. Um, so I don't, I think she must have been released, but I don't know when and I don't know how what she's up to now or if she's back in prison or anything like that. Um, also if you go on YouTube and look for her or the Bloodhouse murders a bunch of stuff not related to this it comes up so I advise people not to go on to it okay so is it like linked to like another murder somewhere um some murders but then also some really strange things so okay (laughs) maybe don't however I could be looking at the completely wrong thing and someone might be able to actually find out more about her um John and Jamie, they were released in October 2016, so just a couple of years before Edith. Now, I don't have anything else about Jamie. Maybe he was hopefully went on and, you know, lived his life or something. At the end of the day, he was 16, so he's still in his late 20s when he gets released from prison after brutally murdering someone. Um, However, in 2018... John McAllendon was back behind bars because he was threatening and abusive towards his then-girlfriend, Lauren Cassidy. 
Now, I think it was when he was out and about, he admitted to shouting yeah, I was and swearing. Ask, like, so people oh. knew who he was, obviously. Um, it's not like he moved out of Glasgow or anything. Um, and he admitted shouting and swearing at her and knocking her phone out of her hand. And there was an incident in the streets and stuff. So he wasn't private about his behaviour towards her. Um, so he got put behind bars because of this. However, his girlfriend, Lauren, didn't um, like speak up against him or anything in court. Oh, he, right. OK, she, just one of those. It's better to like, keep quiet. Yeah, exactly. So that's what all we know about him. So really, I know this isn't a huge, long story, but it's got it has quite a lot of questions and it can it's quite thought provoking as well, because, you know, there was no reform happening in this prison like. John's back in prison. So what was he taught when he was in there? Edith, she was in and out of prison her whole life and then killed someone and then was released. You know, what's happening for these people that do these things or do minor things that then turn out to be murders? Well, it's like what we spoke about last week, though, when we did um, Robbie, Mm -hmm. because he was seen to be like fully rehabilitated and came out. And we actually did that poll on our Instagram, which like, thank you to everyone that answered that. That was actually really good to like, see other people's opinions, you know, because mm-hmm. we only bounce off each other. So it's nice to see, you know, and like most people, I think, voted that he should have been let out. Yeah. yeah. Which was really interesting, because like, I think that's what I agreed with. But then there was a few that said that he shouldn't have been. But I think when you're younger, when you're in like a prison kind of rehabilitation or whatnot, you are actually kind of helped to reform. But I think if you're at that age and you've been in prison before, is there help? Like, I I don't know. So like, I'm generally just asking like if anybody knows, like, do they get help or are they just like, okay, you're here to serve your time. Like, what's the point in like trying to help you? And then you're just released again. Like, I yeah. actually don't know if it is something that they get. So that's what it could be, that they're literally just in there stewing because they're in there. So yeah. that's what it could actually be. But like, as I said, I don't know. Like, I could just be lying. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're lying. I think it's yeah. a fair point. <laughs> yeah, so like, that's what the difference could be. But um, yeah, but I think that as well shows that she was out and then she, like, killed somebody on her first day of being released. So, like, what position was she in? Like, did they, did they think she was good to be released? Like, did they, do you know? Yeah, because we I looked think it into that with like Robbie, for example, and like there was loads of people that were like, "Oh, should he be released? Should he not?" But like, was that a big thing with her? Yeah, maybe I think the first time or like the nine month one, it was one of those, you know, get them in, serve the time, get them out. Yeah, you know, so it's it's a hard way, and this system is obviously broken, but there's ways to fix it. But it's hard to do without the funding and oh yeah, help. But it's you know, it's a thought provoking one. Mm-hmm, definitely. Oh, so just a quick side note before we finish this episode off, because obviously uh, we know it's not been a huge long episode, but we've been getting quite a few recommendations for English or you know the rest of the UK crimes and I know that we mainly focus on Scotland but it'd be quite good to let 
know if you guys would be interested in hearing more out of Scotland crime? Yeah, I think we've had quite a few for, you know, like Myra Hindley we kind of did with Ian Brady, but it's becoming more and more frequent that like people want us to do these crimes and then they find out they've happened in England. So yeah, we're happy to start becoming more UK, but we just want to know if everyone prefers listening to us because it's only Scottish or if you just are happy for us to rabbit on about anything. Yeah. So let us know on our Instagram, the crime pod underscore, or if you know us personally, just drop us a message. Um, but thanks very much for listening. Thank you.